Well, last weekend for me in Nashville was wonderful. Honky-tonk heaven, hot chicken, beer, and the Grand Ole Opry. You know, I so enjoyed especially having the chance to catch up with my West Point women classmates. Our class motto was the Select Few 82. And this was basically chosen because our class had such a high attrition rate, especially that first year as plebes. The women alone started 123 strong, and we graduated with 63. Hence, internally, we call ourselves the Select Few Est. And getting to those four years at West Point, especially as one of the early classes with women in it, um, was challenging for sure. But to a person, all of us would attest that life after graduation was a whole lot more difficult. Since then, we women have had children, commands, we've trained troops for war. We've had to think on our feet, navigating what no school could teach us. We've gotten married. We've gotten divorced. We've battled cancer. We've come to terms with our sexuality. One has buried her child. We've served as doctors, lawyers, priests, state representatives, three-star generals, attorney generals, and one has even secured the deanship of our alma mater. But one thing I know to be true is that I can now finally know and love these ladies way better than I did when we were cadets. I can know and connect with them, not for their success, but absolutely for our failures, our many humblings that all of us have experienced along the way, stumblings that even now are hard to speak of since we once believed that we were just so darn capable. We're softer around the edges now, and not just because of the few added pounds, but in our serving and in our losses, both professionally and personally, we've become less competitive and less judgmental of others because each of us has had a go at carrying our own cross and our humble pie along the way. Wonderfully, we've discovered that the miracle of falling has made us kinder and gentler, grateful and generous in ways that we never had before. Life and practiced faith have taught us that we actually do need others and can trust God to do what we cannot. And that's why now, with the drawbridge to our own self-sufficient fortress lowered, it's such a privilege to gather and tell stories and pray for each other and to make new memories. And I suspect that the select fewest are in good company. Many of you have also stumbled upwards in your day. Today we've heard St. Paul's confession to the Corinthians how he, the Pharisee of Pharisees, suffered these imperfections and weaknesses, calling it a thorn in the flesh. And yet after praying, begging for things to change, and they didn't, he finally recognized that it was in his own weakness that Christ was finally able to transform him and make him ready to do the good that God would have him do. God's no to Paul's prayer came in the message worth our hearing when he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. 
And so here's a small, shareable example of my own learning of this lesson. Just recently, I went to Joyce Massey's home for communion, to bring her communion. And when I first arrived, we did the normal things. We caught up on how each other were doing. She showed me the photo book of her grandson's wedding. And then afterwards, we sat down for the Eucharist. And I quickly discovered that I was having trouble reading from the prayer book. And so out of simple kindness, Joyce handed me her readers. And thankfully, I noticed in myself that I was okay with that. I was not embarrassed for failing to get this home visit perfect. But finally, maturing enough to glimpse my imperfections as gifts. Because in my weaknesses and Joyce's kindness, we had the opportunity to experience Christ's nearness in a way that was real. You know, it was no longer me, the priest, who was serving her, the parishioner. But we had actually become sisters in Christ, equally needing the love of this faith community together. At 20, I could never have imagined that in our weakness and vulnerabilities, that these would be the very ingredients that humbly grow us up and actually make us more human, make us more accessible to one another. In fact, it's in our weaknesses and failures that actually opens us up to God. In falling, we finally recognize our dependency. You see, we're born into this life journey with no strip map, no bread, no bag, no money in our belts. And somehow, we came in here imagining that life was meant to be nothing but smooth sailing. Not so. Even Jesus experienced rejection. Pretty soon, we begin to recognize that these life conditions that were given of privilege or poverty or protection are not equal for everyone. And yet the critical task for all of us who follow in the way of Jesus, when it's all said and done, there will only be one question that we have to answer. Not if we were successful or famous or rich or brave or powerful or perfect, but did we learn to love? This is the benefit of having lifelong friends and family reunions Time to step away from our doings and with trusted souls to look back and see the why of our journey. Absolutely, the circumstances of life can really challenge us. Lord knows we've tried to muscle our way into success using our own strength only to have been humbled and scarred along the way. But now, now, Maybe we're more ready, we're more relaxed to live into our Lord's counterintuitive message to Paul about the transformation power of our own weakness. One of my favorite images for this improvement in us over time is that piece of leather that hangs from the butcher's belt. Across the years, this leather, it becomes soft and pliable as he scrapes his knife across it every day. Even now, as we begin to emerge on the other side of what has been a really tough year, we've had to kind of unimagine 
ourselves as being so self-sufficient. And now maybe we can have this tattoo on our heart that Paul learned, that my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. For all of us have been held by God's extravagant grace through it all. More and more, I'm hoping that we're less shamed and fearful about our own failures and tough situations, more ready to trust and leaving room for God to work. Recognizing our limitations and loss have always been the very portals of God's amazing grace. Think back. Hasn't God shown up for you in your depths? Haven't those untenable events served as our steps towards maturing in faith? And so I close with reflecting on the fact that on the 4th of July, as we celebrate freedom that's contingent to justice for all, may we confidently press on with our responsibilities of serving Christ and others, free to love, free to try, free to fall, free to grow, mindful that we are absolutely held in our loving Heavenly Father's hands. So go for it. Amen.